0: Hey, uh, hey Anthony, do you like do you like my new
1: shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. Could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You wanna fight about it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't. All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Sorry for the mishaps there, but welcome to the show. I am Anthony Bianas, I'm the man in charge of this podcast. Also, I'm being joined by the lovely Nova here. I got her today, and it only cost me $5. So, yeah, she's really cool. Anyways, um... Fucking nerds. (laughs) So, um, we're down one man today, but it's all right. Us three will handle it for now. Uh, with me, as always, is no other than Greg Deets. It's hot in my room. Yeah. It's
0: real hot because it's like 100 degrees outside. I am Yeah. I'm wham, wham, wham. yeah. Uh, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> it's pretty hot over here as well. I'm it's at, 97 outside. Yeah. It's, I want to say 94 where I'm at Yeah. Right Not fun. That's why I'm in a tank top. Uh, and joining us for possibly the last time...
2: Is Alex, or in,
1: or infrequently? <laughs> let's sing the Let's sing the doom song.
2: Doom to doom, doom, doom to doom, doom.
1: Yeah. So, for those who don't know, Alex is going to be doing something else. Um, he's going to be D and D, and I'm be- going to
2: be the D and D nerd again. This yep. is correct.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be in and out essentially with the podcast, which is fine. Uh. So, with that being said. Let's just go on and transition into the news. As soon as I click this one button, ha-ha. All right, so let's begin the news with the first news story of the day. All right, and this is involving Google Stadia. They recently did an AMA recently. Uh, this was written up by Args Technica, uh, written by Kyle Orlin. Google tries to reassure gamers it's behind Stadia for the long haul. Um, In a Reddit AMA yesterday, Google Stadia director and uh, product Andre Donovitch (Donovich) I cannot pronounce the last name) provided a few more tidbits about what features will and will not be available when the streaming game uh, service launches in November. But as C did so, he had to convince some, some skeptical potential customers that Stadia won't end up in the same corporate ga- graveyard as many other Google service, <gasps> service experiments. That's right, burn me to the mic. Wouldn't uh, be a podcast without. <laughs> Andre compared Google's commitment to Stadia to services like Gmail, Docs, music, movies, and photos, which have persisted for years with no sign of intimate shutdown. Quote, we've been investing a ton of uh, ton of tech, infrastructure and partnerships for Stadia over the past few years. He said, nothing in life is certain, but we've comf- uh, committed to making Stadia a success. Of course, it's okay to doubt words. There's nothing I can say now uh, to make you believe if you don't. But what we can do is to launch the service and continue investing in it in years to come. Um, and then following up, th- more information regarding this AMA uh describing Stadia as an Xbox Live Gold service um, to many people in that AMA. This is written, this is written by uh, Forbes.com by Paul Tassi. Um, Google City continues to be one of the best, uh, one of the uh, great mysteries in gaming. Even if the tech giant is throwing a full weight behind it, it's not clear if it's going to be the next Gmail or the next Google Glass. At the moment, with every new bit of info that comes out, my needle keeps tilting more and more toward Glass. Google has not ter- has not been terribly clear with Stadia marketing to date, but a recent Reddit AMA with Stadia producer Andre. Uh, makes a few things abundantly clear. Here's a a few key takeaways uh, from the AMA. To be clear, Stadia Pro is not Netflix for games, like some people have mentioned. A closer comparison would like to be Xbox Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus, he says. The pro subscribers get 4K HDR streaming 5.1 sound, exclusive discounts and access to some free games. Roughly one free game per month, give or take, starting with Destiny 2. Uh, that sounds, uh, not good.
2: That's a fucking terrible way to start. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. You know what? They might just give it Anthem to begin with.
1: (laughs) The assumption was indeed from the start of the Google studio would be some new stab at Netflix for games kind of similar to Xbox Game Pass or Now You Play Plus, which has offered 100 plus free games. With a $10, $15 subscription plus access to new release first party titles to launch the boot. But Google Stadia is not that, slowly building up a tiny free arsenal of titles one at a time. One uh, The draw is that you don't need console hardware, but this state controller is 25% of the cost of a console itself, and you need to purchase all other games on the service individually, removing this as far from the Netflix like as it could possibly be. So, they did AMA, they kind of talked to some people, asked, uh, answered some questions um, regarding, you know, what is Google Stadia going to be? You know, they said that, you know, in that AMA, that they're here for a long haul because many, a lot of skeptics, when it comes to Google products, is they don't stay with their new idea products for the long haul, um, as shown in, in Prior history's past. On top of the fact that they're explaining that this is a, a service that is much like Xbox Live or PlayStation and that aspect, when comparing what Stadia is, for people to have a better understanding. My question to you guys: What do you think of all this in terms of what Google Stadia is coming out there with information like this? Do you think that it ease people's minds regarding what this service is going to be, or does it does the opposite?
2: Well, let me ask you this: Did anybody participate in the preview that they were doing the test, the beta testing?
1: That what they did, yeah. They had. Oh no, a- no
2: no no! Did any did either one of you?
1: Oh no, I did not personally. No. no.
2: No, nope. then I'm the only one that can talk about this shit. Um, I was on the, I was in that test room where they were giving us Assassin's Creed, or the new Assassin's Creed. I actually, they actually gave me a copy of it uh, for a Steam key after doing the testing. It is so. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you do not want to buy a console and you do not want to drop money into a gaming uh, PC, it's fucking amazing. As long as you have a good internet connection, it fucking works. It's amazing. I was surprised. I had a little bit of uh, lag every now and then, but for the most part, it worked almost as if I was on a console. So, it honestly, the, the technology is there. Now, as far as if they're going to support it or if it's a good idea, it's fucking terrible. The, car, the technology aspect is amazing and it's perfect. The actual subscription plan and how they're doing all that, it's a fucking shit show that's my now, opinion. At
0: least. maybe i just don't
2: understand like why it's a shit show e- elaborate on that so from what they've been talking about is basically all of these games are you, ha- you have to pay to access it you can buy a game on there but you have to continue to pay access to be able to access your own game so that's bad that i bad. buy a new game for 60 dollars, and then i continue to pay you to be able to access this game that i purchased See, like, like it says like Xbox Live and I go, how the fuck is
0: that the situation? Because with games for gold, there's like one spot where I can get these free games. Now the game is remains free for me as long as I have um as long as I have gold continuing.
1: Hmm. Every
0: game that I've bought, like actually purchased on my Xbox, still works without gold. Yeah.
2: So it's basically it. it's basically the games for gold intensified. So right, it's, you I'm have right. to, con- it's like, it's like if you purchased a movie from Amazon Prime, like the Amazon video, and then you canceled your Prime subscription, they're like, well, since you're not Prime, fuck you, you don't get the vi- you don't get what you purchased.
0: Right. It's like if suddenly all, like every game I own on my Xbox was unplayable without gold.
2: Correct. That's fucking terrible.
1: And the other thing too, that I, that, I, that we consistently talked about on this podcast regarding Uh, Google stadium and how we think that it may or may not work um, is the fact that uh, you know the infrastructure um, like the again when it comes to the US our infrastructure is not built for that Um, we have data caps um, you know yes you can pay Comcast 50 extra dollars to get unlimited internet but that's just Comcast not every other ISP is like that maybe outside the US yes maybe your ISP is unlimited And you don't have to worry about these things, but at least in the U S that's the big issue.
2: Some carriers have data caps. Some don't. So let's make that clear as somebody who worked in that industry and still has to deal with that industry, some do, some don't, that's going to be a case by case basis. And most of them do offer a true unlimited for an additional cost to be fair. Right, Um, right, Right. I don't know if they're required to do that, but most of them have made the decision that, you know, 50 bucks okay, you get unlimited data, there's no data cap now. So that is true. Um, The real problem that it comes down to is, like you said, the infrastructure is not there for high speed internet in the United States. It's just not, I don't care what you say, if you don't live in a major uh, or near a major city, there's a good chance that unless you have a local ISP who has taken it upon themselves to make sure that they provide good internet, you're looking at you know maybe if you're lucky 10 to 20 down it, it that's just a fact because these bigger companies don't want to invest in smaller areas where they won't make the money because of the build costs
1: yeah and that, and that's something that's it will take time to eventually maybe get to that point where like we'll have you know a much better internet in the future but at the moment it, it's not at least in the u.s not fit for that um and I, mean, I'm, I remember, evidence, yeah, and I remember, see, I remember seeing, I a, a quote um, or an article regarding this issue, issue that um, Phil Harrison was talking about about Google Stadia and about the infrastructure in the U.S. And you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's saying like basically that you know it will evolve in time, and it will you know once they meet, once they see the demand for Google Stadia that the ISPs will adjust and meet the demand, which no, I, which I no. look at that and it's like, no, they're not.
2: <laughs> that's not at all the case, because if that was the case, online gaming would have made that demand uh, something that would have happened much sooner. Online gaming is one of the most popular things to use your internet for. So, or online shopping, like it, or Netflix, or that's just not how that works. Honestly, what I think Google needs to do, basically Google Fiber at this point, as far as I can tell, is pretty much dead revive Google Fiber and tie a Google Fiber subscription into getting this game service. That, I think, would make it worth it because you're showing that, hey, Google Fiber, you're going to be able to have the internet speed. And if you subscribe with us, even if they just tack on a small additional fee, you know you're going to have the network to support it. Plus, you can now game on whatever. Right. So I think that's a better uh, game plan but that once again comes down to whether or not Google Fiber is actually dead or not, because I honestly have cannot tell you.
1: Yeah. So I mean, again, it's something that I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people will have to, to kind of wait and see in terms of like how that's going to be. Um, and it, Google uh, is it safe to seem is it, is it safe to say that Google Stadia is I won't say dead on our arrival, but Oh, no,
2: it's pretty much dead on arrival. This is not being... From everything that I've been able to find, this is not being embraced by the gaming communities. Like, at all.
1: Yeah. In that aspect, yes. Um, I'm curious to see still how it goes, you know, despite all this. Um, I think that there will be some early adopters and that Roman in our podcast, as he was going to try it out. He's on, part of the found, um, the Founders Edition for Google Stadia. Um is it I don't know. Like I, I feel like everything is going against Google and this idea because everything in, regarding the US will succeed internationally is the real question. And will they as I said in the AMA, will they keep supporting it long after the launch has happened? Um they say they are, but we don't know. I mean money. Better question. money, money How money tells long us. are game companies
2: gonna allow them to support this?
1: That's true. And I mean I mean I made this argument too regarding is the fact that if, if, I, if I were to choose a streaming service right now, if I wanted to play a good amount of games for streaming online um, or to you know download and play, like right now, I'm subscribed to Microsoft's uh, Game Pass on PC and I have access to a lot of games right now um, and new games coming out when they release. And Microsoft has a huge backlog of games I can play through. Like They got great support from third parties and it's only costing me $10 a month like yes, Stadia might have those partners for third parties on their system, but like if I wanted to play on a, on a on a on a system or on a on a brand that has already an established games, I would p- pick Microsoft or Sony for that matter too. So it's it's kind of hard to kind of launch a platform when you already have like two, three others that are doing it already and better.
2: Yeah. No, well, that, and it's not even so much that it's better. It's that they are the established ones. they are companies that are trusted. Like, how do you compete with somebody where they can go like, well, we don't know what you're going to do. We don't know where this is going to go. And then it's like, but I could just go over to Microsoft, who I know is not going, going anywhere.
1: Right, definitely. All right. Oops. All right. All right. So, move on to our next topic of hand. This is regarding... Nintendo. And regarding the Joy-Con uh, drift issues, that uh, actually kind of kind of went into a lawsuit against Nintendo. You I- need to
2: like reset that timer.
1: <laughs> I did. No, I actually did. I did. Don't worry. Okay. I got, I got taken care of. <laughs> All right. This is a, this is a report off of Kotaku.com, written by Gia Jackson. Nintendo responds to sufferers of Joy-Con drift. Although it's been an issue for some players since shortly after launch, recently more and more Switch owners have been talking about the issues with the Joy-Con Drift. The condition with a joystick on the controller detects movement even though you're not touching it. In response to players' Joy-Con woes, Nintendo advises Switch owners experiencing Joy-Con Drift to visit its customer support website. "Quote, At Nintendo, we take great pride in creating quality products and we are continually making improvements for them. A representative from Nintendo told Kotaku in response to questions about the Joy-Con drift. We are aware of recent reports that some Joy-Con controllers are not responding correctly. We want our consumers to have fun with Nintendo Switch. And if anything fails or anything falls short of that this goal, we always encourage them to visit uh, the website provided a link to, to support uh, for Nintendo Switch so we can help. Nintendo did not respond to a question from Kotaku regarding potential uh, future fixes uh, for this issue. At some point in the last few days, Nintendo updated the front page of its customer support website, placing a prominent direct link to a page that lets you start a ticket to get your Joy-Con repaired. Um... The previous version of the page as an archive on July 20, uh, 19th only included a link to the troubleshooting page, which more or less asks if your system is updated and then tells you to use the system Joy Con software recap feature. While sending in your Joy Con repairs to, may fix the issue of, dr- of drift temporarily, some players have said that they're, they're getting Joy Con back from Nintendo to experience drift again within a matter of months. And an update to this story is the fact that uh, in an in a inside, inside memo from Nintendo, Um, they are now giving, uh, anybody who wants to send their Joy-Cons in for repairs regarding, uh, the Drift issue for free. Um, and I, that's, my guess is probably due because of a lawsuit actually was filed against them for the Joy-Con Drift. Um, so, with that being said, um, I know you two have, 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 uh, uh, Nintendo Switches. Have you guys experienced Joy-Con Drift at all at any given point? Well, to be honest, I don't
2: use my Switch a huge amount. I only have two games for it, so I would not have used it enough to cause any kind of issue like that because it sounds like a hardware failure due to use.
0: Um, I don't experience it. I haven't experienced it, but I know it exists because I've seen my friends experience it. Um, uh... Sorry. Um it uh what it does basically is like when you're playing it'll it'll disconnect or it'll think that you're moving still like the um the joystick will be like almost like it's stuck in one direction or the other um it's uh it's a bit of a problem and it is a hardware issue now this article does not talk about how the the lawsuit happened but they recently came out and said that Anybody who experiences Joy-Con drift in any way, shape, or form, regardless of purchasing proof, can send it in for free to have it fixed.
1: Yes. Yes. That was an inside memo that was recently um, acquired and uh, goes into detail as far as like how Nintendo is now approaching the situation. Um, and yeah, like now, now people. I don't think they made it official yet, um, but I'm pretty sure in due time they will. Uh, and you get to send in your joy cons to get repaired for free and then send them back because for many people who are experiencing this issue they would what they were doing is that they were doing two things they were opening up their joy cons and then fixing in themselves um, either it was just dust apparently that was being caught within the system or within the controllers to hopefully fix but it came a, a problem later on again Or they were sending it to Nintendo, and they paid them, what's it, $40 for them to repair it, have it come back, and then have the same issue happen again months later. So, Nintendo, I won't say trying to figure it out, but, like, they're, they see a problem, and they're they're trying to, right now, again, for free, regarding uh, fixes for, because of the lawsuit happening. Um... It reminds me. One thing reminds me very much of, of the 360 Red Ring because that was a whole different sto- uh, different story, um, but similar in, in some cases. Uh, yeah, I mean Nintendo.
2: Well, except the Red Ring didn't require a threatened lawsuit to get the free fix. Microsoft literally went like, "Oh fuck, we've got issues. Send them into us."
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well not at first uh, with the red ring of death the situation with that was uh, it was still a 90 day uh, like send in for free and then you had to pay for extra insurance and it wasn't until like it was like over half of the consoles were experiencing red ring they were like okay we're extending it to a year yep so they it was like right but like before anyone could actually sue they, they changed that, yep. that, that well plan. and that's
2: just because to be fair they they need to have the the uh the data there to say if it's an actual issue that we're having like a, a systemic issue or is it just a weird one-off situation where somebody's doing something and kind of abusing it yeah
0: um, um i don't know
2: it's well it, it's because of failure rates i mean all electronics no matter what they are have a failure rate they all do they have a failure rate out of the box
0: Oh, so, yes, yes, sorry, sorry, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, sorry so about. they didn't I, I, know
2: I, I, if it was just a so regular me. failure rate or if it was like, no, we have a design flaw. <laughs> Turns out it was yeah. design flaw. Yeah.
0: yeah. This this is 100% a design flaw. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand, it's because with the, with the Switch, the Joy-Cons, like, can connect and disconnect. Now, if, um, like my buddy, he bought a Switch day one. And um, he he's experienced some of this issue, and like to the, to fix it, he just connect he just puts the Joy Cons in the Switch, but it takes them back out and he's fine for a while. Um, but it's hours of being fine versus like
2: months it happening days. immediately. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so it it definitely is an issue with I would say earlier uh, Nintendo Switches, because again, I've never experienced it with mine, and I play a metric fuck ton of my Switch. Yeah. Well, and it
2: probably has to do with how you treat the how you treat it, the condition that you keep it in, things like that too. Because let's be honest, not everybody is the same when it comes to how they're going to treat their electronics and how they're going to maintain them. True. True. But I would not say anything bad about your buddy because I don't know him. But like, (laughs)
0: well, he was experiencing it like shortly after after he got it.
2: um, That just sounds like a faulty piece. Like that just faulty out of the box.
0: Well, my that's my point is that this yeah. thing with the thing with the Joy-Con, it's a it's a more widespread issue versus just like a few faulty ones. Like it is a design flaw, an early design flaw, and uh, it, it almost seems like they knew about it. As I remember hearing about it shortly after it came out, that there was a small issue with the Joy-Con or whatever, and a lot of people were just like, "Well, I had to go buy a new set of Joy Cons," and then they never had the problem again. Um, yeah. So it does to me. It definitely sounds like a small design flaw out the gate, and it was fixed a few months after that with with the more production that they came out with. Um, I don't know exactly, but clearly Nintendo knows it's a design flaw with how they're handling it. Yeah,
2: like yeah. The the I don't like, even know why the lawsuit really has to be brought into play here, honestly. Like, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't it know if Nintendo now. was denying that it was an issue or what, but it seems like. The whole lawsuit thing is just people got a little bit happy and like, I'm going to sue. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, man. Like, it's it's an
0: immediate
1: fucking knee-jerk reaction. It's yep. information about the lawsuit. Uh, this is uh, from Gizmondo regarding that. Uh, now it seems frustrated as has peaked a law firm, uh, Chemical Schwartz Kerner and Donson Smith, uh, had filed a class-action lawsuit allegation uh, that the joy-con the uh, joysticks on the joy-con controls are defective leading users to experience drift issues the lawsuit goes on to Specify that these defective joy-cons may register movement when the joystick is not being allowed but, but being controlled by the user thereby interfering with normal play This also alleges that Nintendo is aware of the issue has and has failed to disclose the problem and routinely refuses to repair the joysticks without charge uh, when the defect manifests and never disclose the material defect to consumers. This lack of support or official acknowledgement from Nintendo has forced Joy-Con owners to seek uh, out their own ways of addressing the issue, and over the past few months, countless tutorials have popped up offering tips on how to troubleshoot or fix Joy-Con drift, though sadly, these methods don't always work. So yeah, um, no information ever about the lawsuit regarding like, hey, these Joy-Cons don't work as advertised.
2: It sounds like boilerplate, we're gonna force it to, we're gonna stick it to them bullshit, honestly. Like, it doesn't really sound like, as far as I can tell, I mean, this is not such a big issue that I've just been seeing it fucking pop up all over the place. So it doesn't seem like it's really as much of an issue as that lawsuit's making it sound to be. Not to say it's not an issue for those being affected, but it's it's not literally like, Nintendo says this isn't this isn't wrong, and I have to go buy one or fix one. It's literally just, there's a defect here. They're figuring this shit out. I... It almost seems like the lawsuit
0: was activated just to say, just to basically force Nintendo's hand.
2: Yeah, yeah, which it could have easily been like, they could have been planning to do this anyways, and the lawsuit just made them do a double time for it anyways, so... Yeah. Yeah, it does, I don't think the lawsuit actually plays in this article whatsoever if they just decide to throw it in there because they can.
1: So one of the things I will say, just to kind of add on to it, I know we're going a little over time on this, but um, I think the reason why people are a bit more arms about it than usual is the cost of the Joy-Cons. If the cost wasn't so high, say it was like 40 say it was like $30, I don't think anybody would bat an eye. But because the joy How much con- are the Joy-Cons? $80. Sorry. Seventy. Is it? Sem- I thought it was
0: eighty. Yeah, I I can get one at Walmart right now. A set, two 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 Joy Cons for for seventy bucks. That's still pretty high. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying it's not it's not ten dollars more than that. <laughs> right. Right. So I think that's part of the reason why people aren't uproar about it. Um, I will say this though: the Joy Cons are expensive for a reason. Um it's not just because like oh, like this is sixty dollars, you know. But it doesn't have motion control, it has a primitive rumble system in it, like yeah. Uh it doesn't have an internal battery. Like there's a reason it's $70, by the way. FYI, I don't know if you guys can see that.
1: $69.99. Yeah. Well, like, how much how much were the Wii remotes? Um $50 a piece? 50 dollars so-
2: Wii Okay, so it's twenty bucks more for two Wiimotes, basically. Well,
0: well, not necessarily because a, a single wi- Wiimote was fifty dollars, but the Joy, the the uh, Nunchuck was thirty.
2: Mm. Okay, so for a fully functional, for everything you could possibly ever want to do with it, it was the same cost, pretty much. I'm not seeing the huge issue here. <laughs> it's really oh. not that big. Of a it, like the, the pricing, I'm not seeing any issue with the pricing whatsoever. That seems fair. I can get a normal controller, you know, for 40 bucks, but it's not motion control. It doesn't track. It doesn't have IR sensors in it. Like it, it's no, it's it's fine. I, I do understand people
0: being upset about their their controller because it's how you fucking play your games. Well, yeah, and At it's the price point the yeah. system. And I get going to the extent of saying, I don't want to spend another $70 on, on a controller. Um, that's That sucks when, you, when you're when you supposed to yeah. just have one with the system. I totally get that. The price point, it being too expensive, is ridiculous because you have to look at the technology within. And then on top of that, the system costs $300 when it's like this fucking high-end
2: system. Like, $300 and comes stupid. with the Joy-Con. Yeah. So, you know what? Forget forget the three hundred. Take seventy dollars off of
1: that. Nintendo was losing money on the Switch when they sold when they sold. But isn't the Switch nope. like the most like successful consoles they've launched in recent time? Uh, didn't I, they just like tell that like, they beat GameCube sales?
0: It beat, it, it, it beat everything up until the sixty four. I think sixty four is still number one. I'm
1: gonna look into that right now. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm gonna transition to our next story here. And this is regarding, oh, our good friends over at Loot Box and all that jazz. Because, hey, we we love to talk about it. And I say that <laughs> sarcastically. Um, so, this was written by the BBC and, and written by Zoe Kelman FIFA packs and loot boxes are not gambling in the UK. The UK gambling watchdog has told MPs that it does not currently oversee the purchase of in-game content like FIFA player packs and video game loot boxes. This is just because uh, there is no official way to monetize what's inside them. A prize has to be either money or have monetary value in order for it to fall under gambling Registration. However, there are unauthorized third-party sites which buy and sell in-game content or enable it to be used as virtual currency. Gaming Commission's program director Brad Inright admitted that games publishers EA, which sells a football team management game FIFA, faced a constant battle against unauthorized secondary markets. There is, on un- a consequence, a demand for a second market, he said. And FIFA players can uh, be bought in packs, uh, but their content is only revealed after payment. The same applies to loot boxes, which contain bonus content, often in the form of a character, costumes, or weapons. Dozens of parents have told the BBC that their children are spending hundreds of pounds on (laughs) in-game purchases and have criticised the process as a form of gambling, as there is an element of chance in in the outcome, and their children are in a tempted to buy again in order to try and get the result they want. So. In the UK...
0: really had to bring up this one again, huh, Anthony?
1: It's a slow news week.
2: <laughs> uh, I can actually put a whole new twist on this shit for you. All right. Let's see. Oh. Let's see,
1: unless
0: it's
2: the one that I put into it. Also, <laughs> so, here's the twist on it. I used to work for a company called Alpha Draft. Alpha Draft was purchased by a company called FanDuel. You've probably heard of FanDuel. Absolutely. If yes. you haven't, you've heard of DraftKings. Yes. Yep. So, all... So here's the thing. There has been multiple legal actions taken against uh, FanDuel in multiple states trying to show that they are gambling. I don't think my NDA applies any longer because it's been quite a few years. So I'm going to fucking say this anyways. And if they come and sue me, I don't know what the fuck they're going to try and take from me. But fuck them. Uh, so on internal conferences, for and this is like with, you know, the CEO of FanDuel on the phone, they would bend over backwards to avoid anything that even hinted of saying the word gamble or gambling or anything of the sort when it was an open secret that it's gambling. They will try and say, oh, it's a skill game, but it's gambling. The same thing applies to loot boxes. Look at what they're doing now. It's not loot boxes, guys. It's surprise mechanics. <laughs> what so, the fuck? So here's,
0: no. So here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Alex. Is we've had this conversation a thousand and one fucking times on this channel, um, and and I've explained why loot boxes and microtransactions came into existence. It, at oh, a yeah. time, it was it was it was a supplement because of the the cost of games is lower than it ever has been, and yada, yada, yada. And they were trying to figure out a way to bring in more money. That's why DLC existed and all that jazz. Now, that being said, that's sort of moot to the point about loot boxes being gambling. Because gambling, like they said, it has to do with monetary gain and loss. There is no monetary gain and loss when you buy a loot box. It's Good. it's like it's like it's like the twenty five cent gotcha or catching machines or the fucking claw machines. That's all it is. You're 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 spending your money in the way that you want, whether the fucking surprise mechanics have what you want. Now, if you want to get into the conversation about it being predatory, or you want to get into the conversation about it being uh, immoral, that's a different fucking conversation. But to call it gambling is nonsense to me. Gambling is, I put my money in, and I either double my money or I lose my money.
2: Straight up. Yeah, that's, that's not gambling. Like, that's not actually the fish. Gambling doesn't necessarily have to have a monetary value associated with it. Gambling is a game of chance. There is usually money attached but to here's
0: it. the here's the thing about gambling, Alex, is that gambling, you take the risk of, of gaining nothing. You take the risk of gaining
2: in nothing. Except that I've gotten plenty of loot boxes in games where I gain nothing because, guess what? Duplicates.
0: But you still get something.
2: No, you still get, I get you nothing. Still
0: get, you, no. I get, let's, say, let's say in Overwatch you get a loot box and everything in that loot box mm-hmm. is duplicates, right? You mm-hmm. still get coins that go towards getting something that you do want. So you're in still Overwatch, getting yes. something. In Overwatch, I honestly have never played a game of loot boxes
2: where that wasn't the case. I, I've run into other ones where you they're not big games and they're small little ones. They usually go out of development after like a year and a half. But there are games that have existed where you don't get jack shit if you duplicate. Like, it's just like, hey, good luck. Try again later. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like they do exist and I'm not saying you have to get rid of it completely. Do I believe loot boxes should exist? No, not really because I do believe they are predatory. But like you said, different conversation. But I don't think that you should. I think you have to regulate them to the point where it's like, look, you have to be sure that they are getting something that is worth at least X amount of money because that's how much you're charging them. When you say regulate, what do you mean by that? So unfortunately, in this particular case, either the USRB, uh, USRB which has done an amazing job of regulating video game ratings, needs to find a way to step in and make sure it happens. Or I would hate to say this, but governments are going to get involved. See, I, if, and that's if, what you're seeing in the UK. You're seeing that you're seeing the government get involved in the UK.
0: Yeah. Um, here's here's my thing about government getting involved in loot boxes. This that is a very slippery slope. Oh, I that agree. is an incredibly slippery slope to them just intervening with gaming as a whole. You talked about last week when it came to the artistic integrity of a video game, to the idea of monetary or capitalist game capitalist game and to me that's in the same vein uh when you allow the government to take to to have their foothold in an entertainment medium you risk losing artistic integrity Mm -hmm. and you're going to see that if the government any government in the world steps forward with loot box or or surprise mechanics in that regard now what i've said numerous fucking times is if you don't like loot boxes don't allow your kids to purchase them and to further that don't buy them yourself we as a as a as a community of 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 people who enjoy our video games we need to tell the industry we don't like them that's it now i'm impartial to them i don't give a fuck put them in a game i'm not playing the game for your fucking skins i'm playing the game for the game. If I bought, I bought Overwatch because I enjoy the mechanics of the game. I enjoy playing that multiplayer. If I buy FIFA, I'm gonna play it for the soccer aspect, not because I can get new outfits for my team or what the fuck ever the loot boxes are in FIFA. Um, that's why, to me, I don't care about loot boxes being in a game. Um, other people are like, "All right, you you get everything in a game," and I go, "I don't care." I don't... Who, who honestly gives a fuck about earning every little goddamn thing in a multiplayer game? I think if you're gonna try to earn everything in a game... Fucking put your hand down
2: Alex <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy who sinks thousands of hours into games because I complete it. For a single-player game? I get that. For a single-player Multiplayer, single-player, single doesn't matter. I did it to Call of Duty multiple times. Multiple times.
0: Okay. In that regard, you're earning guns and uh, abilities and shit like that, I, and that's that's different.
2: The skins, no, like, are like the achievements so- and all of that shit too. Like, yeah. Is it actual like,
0: player number? Yes,
2: okay, yeah. I, I yeah, no, like it's gamer score. Um, the skins. Some of the skins can only be unlocked if you do certain things, and it is a game skin or an icon or whatever, which is exactly what they're selling in loot boxes.
0: Well, that, and that's my point: is the the loot box system for a lot of games doesn't bother me. I didn't know that about FIFA. I was like, I knew I knew that the loot box yeah. system in FIFA earns earns fucking EA a, a metric fucked on. Oh no, no,
2: FIFA is super predatory with their loot boxes. It's fucking yeah, disgusting. But it, my point
0: is, is that it's that's the another, worst that, offender. That's another thing.
2: Each game is a case-by-case situation. When we blanket state the things, we fucking sound stupid to begin with, so. Oh, I agree, and that it's why I said I would like to see the video game industry actually figure out their own way to, you know, regulate this just like they did with the rating system, because the rating system works. Like, as, as long as people who are buying the games know what the rating system's all about and I'm stuff okay, like that,
0: Yeah, I'm okay with like forcing, forcing these companies put a disclaimer that it has in-game purchases i'm totally
2: okay with that well they Um, already do that but what i would like to see is something is more along the lines of like okay if you have an e-game you have to have some kind of valid government id that you enter into a system which is going to suck because we're bringing the government in in a small way but we already do by using credit cards and things like that anyways technically so You have to have some way to prove, hey, I am 18 years old and I am purchasing this. I think that's fair, because that eliminates what I saw at Sony Online Entertainment when I worked there, where I would literally get calls from 85 year old grandmothers, you know, why do I have a $350 bill from your company? I've never bought anything from you. And it's their fucking grandchilds getting hold of the credit card and just spending money. This, This is another aspect that I've talked about ad nauseum too, is
0: that to to blame the video game companies for an adult not paying attention to what the kid is doing on the console, or forcing it to basically put in a code in order to buy a, an, an in-game purchase, that's not on the fucking game developer.
2: Okay, well, that's like saying the US government's not at fault if we don't come on their bullshit because, hey, you know what, it's our job to regulate them and make sure that they follow the laws that are passed. That's not it's the not same the thing same. No, it's, it, but that, no. Yeah, it is because they're the adults in that situation. They're the children. We are ones representing them. If we should not have to, I'm not saying the gun, game companies are 100% at fault, but I'm saying they need to step up and put a way in to help make sure that shit like that doesn't happen because they complain- places, there's, plenty, there's plenty of ways that that that, that that's implement, implemented. Nope. Yes, there are not 100. Rare. How? How? I can take your credit card right now. I can take your credit card right now and put it in.
0: I, I, and I, I, that would be theft. This is not the same situation, Alex, as a fucking child going on to Fortnite and spending a bunch of money on V Bucks with their parents' credit card. That's that, not that the same is, situation. You're saying it's the same situation. But it, is, the the game is it is. Situation.
1: To, to the game companies, it is. To the game it's companies,
2: not. it is. I worked for multiple game companies, bro. Yes, it is. To them, they see it the same thing. They even have a term I'm for it. That. I'm, like, I'm not talking about that, Alex. I'm not talking about the money that they see. I'm not talking about
0: the money they see come in. I'm talking about how things are purchased. And if we're going to mm-hmm. bring children into this conversation, we need to bring in the idea that parents need to be more attentive to what's going on with their child playing video games. Exactly. Period. you can't.
2: You can't manage your child 24-7. I, but, but you they, can put they, blocks on these things, Alex.
1: Like, not, you they, can
0: absolutely put blocks on it because
1: all my friends that have kids do. On the, on the Switch, on the 360, on the PS4, you can put on blocks in terms of yes. what you need to put on in the some. password. Yes. On not some, not, yeah. all. not on
0: all, all purchases. Uh, Every single purchase needs a fucking passcode,
2: a six. No. I'm not saying yes. some purchases. I'm saying some consoles, some platforms. Yes. That is yes. And I'm pretty sure that Steam also has the same thing. You have to put in a password to make a purchase. Yes, actually. You need need to be on the account. There are parental
0: aspects to that. So my point is, if you're going to bring children into this conversation, Mm -hmm. you have to bring in the point that these parents are not being more attentive to what's going on with what their children are doing. I'm not saying that they shouldn't
2: be more attentive. So You're my point is to stop that. bringing
0: children into this fucking conversation. That's my
2: point. If we're talking about... Except Lugar's that piano- is literally what the whole conversation is about it has none whether we want to bring them in or not that's the conversation that's being had in the community at large and i'm saying to not bring them in period i'm not telling you not to well, bring
0: them in but they're already you can, in you can you can, you can bring them in
1: as much as you want alex but the one thing i will add to greg's point is that the reason why a lot of these people are bringing in the the kids aspect the kids point of view are a lot of these older people who again don't understand what technology is and don't understand what's an Xbox or what's a PS4 and just assume mm. that every console and TV is there to babysit their, co- their child. And when something goes wrong, they blame the game company, not themselves. That's
2: not what- necessarily. Not necessarily. Explain. It is not. They do not always see it as, oh, it's here to babysit them. Some of these older generation, we're not seeing it as much because, honestly, we're getting to the point where... The generation of gamers are having kids, so this issue is becoming less and less. I think. True. True. I I don't think the issue is as big as they are making it sound in the news articles. But take it back ten years.
1: Okay.
2: Ten years. My mom called literally everything a Game Boy, literally, because she had absolutely no idea what the differences were, what the different formats were, nothing. Yeah, whose my responsibility is it? Well, like, whose responsibility? She still called my Xbox a Game Boy for a long time. <laughs> like, it, it's it's pretty bad. But, like, whose responsibility is it at that point to make sure that adults are being screened? Like, I've looked through a lot of the stuff, and a lot of the stuff doesn't, it, uh, doesn't lay out in, like, black and white. This is parental controls. Here's how you put them in place. Once something happens and you contact support, support then tells you because they're like, Hey, you need to do this because, hey, this is a you need to stop it from happening if you don't want to happen in the future. But it's not up front in your face right off the bat. It has evolved recently where you start signing up for like Xbox Live, they put a big old warning in front of there Are you an adult? Do you have your parents' permission? Yada, yada, yada. There have been steps taken, but that is on. The platform side, it's not even in the game side.
0: My my point, Alex, is that platforms that we we use today, especially consoles, have plenty of ways that they've implemented parental controls. Uh, For fuck's sake, Nintendo had a whole video line of parental controls. I still sometimes get fucking notifications on my Switch
2: about parental controls. Um, And... And that's to do with the, that's to do with Nintendo's design uh, philosophy, I think. To be fair, well, yeah. my point, my
0: point is is that these consoles have things implemented for parental controls, and yep. much like years ago with the fucking V-chip thing and uh, having to you know put in a code because my parents didn't want me to watch a porno channel on on, <laughs> on Comcast. It's it's a very similar situation. If you are a parent and you're giving the child permission, like you put your credit card into the system to allow them to purchase a game, or do you want to purchase a game for them, and you don't immediately put a block on that, like, you're asking for trouble. And that's not that's not on Xbox's side, that's not on Nintendo's side, that's not on PlayStation's side. You are quite literally allowing yourself to, to have and see an issue when it comes to just having... Letting your child have access to
1: that credit card. I will I, I will end at this point, just because we've been over time for a bit, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Just the side of Alex, in terms of just, like, how a parent would look at it, I can see Alex's viewpoint in terms of, like, some parents, they just look at a system, and they like, okay, here's the thing my kid is playing, let me just make sure I set it up, okay, he can play games now, great! I'm going to leave it alone and let people, let him play to his heart's content. Uh, There's, and uh, there's a lot of people nowadays who are are more informed than that, um, in our generation as we're growing up playing games and a lot more people are growing up to know what, how how to deal with it and how to set it up for parental controls. And for some companies like Nintendo, beating over the head on everybody who gets a Nintendo Switch to make sure like, yes, we have parental controls. Look at the instructions how to do it. But at the same time, not everybody knows that. A lot of people out there boomers essentially look at it look at the thing and like just look at it as a way as a system or a entertainment device for their kid to play on and nothing else and then to be surprised like oh why is my money being so much charged for for what it is then it should honestly, be i
2: couldn't even tell you how to access the parental controls on a switch like it's, honestly really? I, I, I don't even know how <laughs> it, dude it's super easy like when you're well, on, i'm sure i can figure it out but like before
0: you finish your thought, before you finish your thought, Alex, let me let me show you how easy it is. Okay,
1: for those listening to the podcast, uh, Greg is hitting Nintendo Switch so hit at home, gear down there
0: and it's right fucking there. Inter-
1: yep, I I it, it's on the,
0: the homepage. Basically,
2: yeah. yeah. Okay. See, that is how it's designed. It should be designed, and like I said, Nintendo's entire design. The design flaw- policy or philosophy is a lot different than most of the companies well, out there. That's what
0: I'm getting at. Is I've I've but, helped my like I know we need to move on, but I've helped right. my sister set up my nephew's like Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus, and right after I put in the fucking credit card, it like would ask me, like, do you want to put a Block on this? Do you want to put a passcode to use it? Like it always, yeah. you know, it always prompts right. you. So right. Right. that's that's right. my point. Like right. I, I, know yeah. you're on. I know that I know that Amber, you're absolutely correct. There's way more to the conversation than just that. The point is, is I I really really detest it when the government comes in or like people come in at the topic and they always bring up kids as if it's a major part of the issue when it's really not. Like you said, Alex, your point no, is absolutely correct. It's there is a much much smaller margin of of adults who are just giving their kids willy-nilly access to their fucking credit cards. It's such a small margin that I don't see the point bringing it up.
2: Oh, that's wrong. it's the political aspect of it, but yeah, let's- It drives uh, me nuts and yeah. that's,
0: why, that's why I brought it up. It yeah. pisses yeah. me off when they bring up that topic because it's like loot boxes and gambling is a different conversation. Predatory stuff with loot boxes is a different conversation. Stop fucking talking about kids with it because most people buying these loot boxes are not kids at all.
1: Alright. Moving on to our next story at hand, which a bit more on the lighter side. Um Alex, you brought this to us attention and I oh uh, cannot
2: God. fucking Christ.
1: I cannot wait oh. to make the thumbnail for this. Bender's gonna be right front and center for this one. Um, (laughs) So this is written by uh, VentureBeat.com, written by Dean Takahashi. Ant Simulator canceled after crowdfunding money spent on liquor and strippers. Ant Simulator, a game that raised money through crowdfunding, has literally been canceled because the company's leader spent the money on liquor, restaurants, and strippers instead of using it to finish the game. If the allegations are true, the episode is a reminder of a go-go days of dot-coms and represents a cautionary tale for crowdfunding. Etc. How you pronounce that? Um, uh Raised money for a PC game on Steam and PlayStation 4 console game. The fundraising page on Etc. is no longer there. The description of the game is still available on the website, but there are YouTube videos that describe its progress. In the game, you'd be, you have, uh, you would have played an ant and seen the world from an ant's point of view. Eric Takahashi posted a video on Saturday saying that Ant Simulator was canceled and was, res- was resigning from Isuki, the developer of the game, after a year and a half of work uh terashic oh, i cannot pronounce the name uh was the, uh, the programmer on the project and said he worked on the project for more than a year quote this is going to be the worst video i have ever uh, had have to make he said ant simulator is going to be cancelled i can't work on ant simulator anymore i recently found that my ex-business partner was secretly stealing company money they had secretly spent the overwhelming majority of both our Kickstarter money and the Ant and simulator investment money on liquor, restaurants, bars, and even strippers. This is the reason it has become extremely clear to me that I cannot have my career associated with these guys. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Such a fucking clusterfuck. Jesus Christ. First off, first
2: off, Star Citizen. What the fuck, guys? I'm not even going to get into that, or I'm going to try not to <laughs> but fucking Star Citizen. Okay. okay. I I have rung this for, bell. The development's taking forever, Anthony, that's all. I have uh, okay. Don't even get me started on their development cycle, but okay. I have rung this bell so many times to so many people, it's fucking disgusting. I have tons of friends in the video gaming community... In the game development community who just wanna throw bricks at my head whenever I start to go into this shit. It, it's, it's one of those things that it's just like, you all need to listen to this. Stop funding games that you do not know are gonna actually come to fruition, please. I understand the desire, I, I, I 100% get it, I really do. But you have to remember, most of these people who are putting out these games, who are designing these games, have no fucking clue what it is to actually design them. A lot of these people are producers. That doesn't mean they actually know any of the business side of it. You got to fucking pay attention to who's actually involved in these things if you're going to do it. And please, love God, take into consideration what the actual project is. So many of these games are MMOs who are raising, you know, $200,000. There's no fucking way they're ever going to be able to do this. And you have to remember, too, once they have your money off a of Kickstarter, that's it. That's gone. There is no recourse. If they fund, your money is gone. And if they give you nothing, if you're lucky, you can maybe get a class action lawsuit. Doesn't mean you're actually gonna get anything ever. There's still, this goes for board games too, because there there's a board game maker and a card game maker. He does both who is currently working, at uh, fighting at like two or three lawsuits in the state of Washington because he never produced anything. You have to pay attention. You have to really consider what are they trying to make Does it sound like a cool concept? That's great and all, but does it seem reasonable on that budget? Just fucking research how much a new indie game actually costs. How much it costs to do fucking, you know, to get an engine, to to get a license for the engine. A A title. How much does it actually cost if they're saying that it's going to be a A game? You have to pay attention to these types of things. Otherwise, you're just throwing your money at them and it's going to keep continuing and we're never going to see indie gaming actually become what it should be.
1: Yeah, and and Kickstarter... And is, that, game... is that
2: good for a rant? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: Kickstarter... No, I mean, yeah, you're you right. Want to hear something? Before we continue, you want to hear something really weird? What? Like, super fucking bizarre with you, you agree with, me? with the people on this
2: podcast. You I agree, agree with, with me? <laughs> Literally just had a huge blowout argument. He's like, no, no, you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. We can have our arguments. There's going to be something we agree on. I, I said in our group chat, like, when you fucking produce a game, because that's what you're doing is you're being the goddamn producer, you are risking your own money. Period. Like, fucking, you're absolutely correct. If you know that uh, the guy who made fucking Castlevania Symphony of the Night is making a new game. Then yeah, I don't see the problem in fucking funding that. <laughs>
2: or, or, like. I, I, well, I think that depends on what was he a designer? Was he a oh, was he a programmer? What was his level of involvement? Because being like a designer on a game is totally different than being a producer of the game. So, so, so
0: the, uh, yeah, the. Take uh, a
2: grain of salt. Depending, like, the higher up that food chain you go, the more likely it's gonna seem. Because if mm-hmm. they're like. Say it's like, hey, he was the producer of Castlevania. Okay, he knows how much it actually took to make that game. He knows the money it took to make that game. He if he was a, was a programmer, yeah. he
0: was a, he was a head guy on everything in that game. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he designed the layout of the castle and he designed aspects of the story and yeah. he he directed uh, uh the the
2: writing. He was see, everywhere. See something for like that? He knows how many man hours it took. Because he fucking did it. He had to see the time cards. He saw the spreadsheets. He was involved every step of the way. But if it's just some like, well, he was a head designer and that's it. Uh, I don't know about that. He was a lead programmer. Uh, I don't know about that. If
0: if Cliff Blazinski came out and said, Hey, I'm doing a Kickstarter for a new game, I'd be very, very skeptical. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I love Gears. I really do. I love Gears of War. But just about everything after that was a bit iffy, and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be I would be very skeptical. But like, like there are you're absolutely correct. Like, do your fucking research.
1: Yes, do a little bit of
0: information before you just throw money at something because it looks cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely it definitely harkens to that, and like, it's no guarantee a game or board game or anything of that nature on any these web, websites uh, will come into fruition. There's definitely a few companies I back because they have a, a good history uh, of making games. Um, you know, uh, surprise, surprise. I like Lab Zero Games. Not only for Schoolgirls, but like they're also working on another game called Indivisible, which I totally backed um, on Kickstarter or on Indiegogo. And they have proven a track record that, yes, they can produce awesome games. Way forward, another case where they have proven a track record where they can produce awesome games. And they've shown that work time and time again. And it's definitely something of a case where you have to definitely do your research. And you definitely have to know what game company is doing. it. If it's like a first-year game company, be very skeptical. Even if it's like a three-, four-year game company or, or veteran game company, you know, definitely still look, research into it. But they have much more of a pedigree than somebody who might be really new.
2: Well and also let let's let's throw this one back to one of the original one of the original Kickstarter video game projects. Ooh, yeah. You oh, fuck, yeah. Who fucking remembers that fucking shit yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know how much they raised? I, <laughs> I think point
1: six
2: million dollars. Yeah. Eight point six million dollars mm-hmm. and they still couldn't actually come out with what they promised. Yeah. That was I understand insane research and development.
1: That was insane. But
2: what the fuck?
0: Uh, I don't remember if I was on a stream, Alex, or if it was like another podcast or something. But I, I hearkened, uh, uh funding a Kickstarter, very similar to how producers in the movie industry give money to somebody wanting to make a movie. They have to be a little bit proven. They have to show their their body of work, and they have to have a that like there. There's a reason that these that studios don't just give fucking Joe Schmo off the street a hundred million dollars to make their movie there's a reason that exists and i would i would i would argue time and time again the if you are an indie developer don't go to kickstarter because this could like
2: with what happened with ant simulator and that one guy like that could happen for you like honestly if you're I'm an indie v- developer avoid kickstarter avoid his mistake his mistake by the way for those who don't want to read the entire thing his mistake or listen to the video that he actually put out is he signed an llc agreement with his business partners giving and basically tying them to the game in such a way that if he tried to move forward without them they could take him to court and win easily big mistake but i i agree if you're an indie developer looking to make a game honestly dean greenlight it, it's yeah. it's it has its own issues it does i think a lot of games stay way too long in Greenlight. But here's the thing. It has a way for you to generate money. It has a way for you to platform yourself so you're not – and you can actually put out your alphas and uh, really easily or relatively easily. And it gives you a lot of visual aspect because you're on Steam. Steam is hands down the biggest platform in gaming, period. I don't give a shit what you say. Everybody, you go like, hey, Steam. And they don't even know it's Valve half the time. It's fucking Steam.
1: Sure, good point. Very good
2: point.
0: Uh, I mean, there's a reason people don't want to fucking use Epic, but um, we can yeah, get into that another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I just I was pointing out like that's that's a reason. Um, the uh, uh the other thing I was gonna say is that like uh, uh, commission to some big studios, like Micro, or Microsoft is buying fucking oh, these, these studios. Well, yeah, left sure. to fucking right. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, why not? Why not commit? Like, why not go to them? and throw your hat in the ring and hope for the best. Like your suggestion like, is
2: don't look to pur- get purchased, look to get licensed. Don't yes, because yes, an outright yes, purchase yes. means you're tied to them and then you're stuck in a situation like Bungie. Bungie let Microsoft purchase them and they were stuck just making Halo because it yes, was success. So you I should have said that way my
0: bad. Yeah,
2: licensing or, you know, let them buy rights to it, to fund it, all that kind of stuff but unless you're like, hey, I just want to make the money and fuck it, I don't give a shit what I make anymore, don't sell. Don't look sell at sell your indie look, studio.
0: Look what the indie studio that made Cuphead did. Like, follow their example.
2: Like, exactly.
0: Yes, yes, they're exclusive to, to Microsoft and Microsoft Things, but now they can branch out. Now they can do more because they were able to, to get that funding to make the game that they wanted.
2: And now they, it's on the they, page. And Exactly. They tied themselves with an exclusive deal but they didn't say hey, you know what? You own us and what do you want us to make next. Yeah.
0: All right. God, weird that Alex and I agreed on something.
1: Like, <laughs> what the no. hell is going on? <laughs> I feel unclean. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully maybe this next segment will clean you, Alex. Um but more so for for Greg. And a segment where he has This has kind of been a, a an old segment that he's brought back from the dead. Um
0: So well, it's it's a it's a situation where from time to time, Overwatch actually does something where I talk about their, what they're doing because it's big. Um, <laughs> like a new character. Yep. <laughs> uh, or, 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 or uh, like, the new character's great, but there's actually something else I'm, I'm kind of wanting to talk about a little bit more. But um, uh, I also didn't have anything that irritated me this last week, so I was going to do a Why You're Wrong, but it was going to be called Why I'm Wrong. <laughs> and kind of go into why... my my opinion and shit and all this kind of, whatever. It was going to be a funny thing, but Overwatch was like, nope, new character and another thing.
1: I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, with that that being said, it's time to roll the intro for the Overwatch Minute with Greg Deets. Oh, intro? Nope.
0: I was like, I assume I'm good. Alrighty. Uh, So yeah, there's a new character that just came out. He's on the PTR right now. Hopefully he'll be out next week, probably a week after that. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people say that his kit and the way that he plays is actually very well balanced and doesn't feel overpowered like other characters that have been brought in and had to have it be adjusted. So that's good. I'm really happy to see that. That means that he's probably ready for play on the main system. But his name is Sigma. What's that? Take my balls. That's a boy. That is a joke that I've heard a thousand times at this point.
2: <laughs> Had to do it. Had to do it. Uh, but
0: uh, his his uh, he's a 62 year old man. He's an astrophysicist. His backstory, to to get into vague terms, is that he um he he was messing with gravity. He was trying to figure out how to harness gravity, um, causing uh, uh, black holes <laughs> like miniature black holes and essentially via doing all of this he, he lost his mind it was institutionalized and from what it seems like his conscience he's, he's trapped in his own head essentially and that this uh, this exterior version that's working for Talon, the bad guys within the universe um, are utilizing him uh, while keeping his actual consciousness trapped um, so that's his backstory I, I it, whatever it's that's that that's a whatever <laughs> we're not even gonna touch on that well the reason I don't really want to get into that too much is because I'm sure they'll expand upon that later I'm sure we'll see more on that or read more on that um so that's that's a different thing but he his role is a tank um he is a he is a, uh, a three-star difficulty meaning that his kit is a little bit more complicated than like let's say somebody like Lucio who uh, is probably a two-star or I don't know it, point is, is his, his kid's complicated because he has two hyperspheres and the hyperspheres are interesting because they can bounce off surfaces and they explode on impact now it's not a huge explosion but it has a little bit of an area of effect explosion so um they could, they could do they could do some damage if, if you aim them correctly um, I saw a guy on one map he was bouncing them off the walls and hitting a Reinhardt from behind so that was <laughs> fucking bad yeah um he has an experimental barrier, so this is the tank shield, if you will, but he can deploy it in any direction, and he can deploy it inf- indefinitely. So if he okay. wants to throw it halfway across the map and just have it sit there, he can do that. Um, or if, like, there's a Pharah who's about to do her, um, uh, oh my god, her, her alt, her Ren of Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to blame out the actual name of it for some reason, but anyway, he can throw it up towards her and basically throw his shield in her face to make her kill herself.
1: <laughs> I have, I have, I have a question. Um, What's that? Can you put out the shield and use your your black holes, your spears to bounce off of that? No. Oh, um, okay.
0: No, the the experimental <laughs> barrier be broken as shit. I was about to say <laughs> the experimental barrier is very much like uh, uh, Reinhardt's shield or Arissa's shield. Gotcha, okay. Um, The only thing that can't go through it is enemy projectiles. Um, There's the kinetic grasp, which freezes incoming projectiles in mid-air, projectiles in mid-air, converting them into shields. So that's the thing about his his experimental barrier, is it has energy. And the more that it's shot at, it loses that energy. To gain energy back into the shield, you have to use kinetic grasp. Otherwise if you lose your shield and haven't gained any energy back into it, you can't use it. So unlike Orisa, who gets her shield back every fucking six seconds, and Reinhardt's, which charges back up over time, his can only be charged by using Kinetic Grass.
2: An oh, ability. a great out. counter against uh, Soldier.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fucking fantastic. He has um, uh, ac- Accretion, which is he can gather uh, debris and make a ball and then throw it which can knock enemies to the ground um and then his alt is called uh gravatic flux which is fucking rad so it's a huge spot on the ground that you can't really see me because my camera's in a weird angle it's a huge spot on the ground that covers just a pretty large area and it throws enemies pretty high up into the air um, and they can't come down for, uh, for like, a few seconds, I want to say, at least five seconds, and they're just stuck in the air. This doesn't mean that they can't turn and shoot. It just means they can't... They'll, like, they'll drift. They'll just drift. Like, they can't move. So basically, their gravity is shut off. That's his alt. And then he can also target one of them and slam them to the ground. Um, it's a rad fucking alt. Like, I've watched a few of it. Uh, there was a shot I saw the other day where... Uh, he used his all threw an entire team up into the air, and then McCree used his all, like, from a distance and got them all. Fucking, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was dope. It was pretty fucking dope. Sick. Um Yeah, so so I'm very excited for him to come to full play. Uh, it'll be pretty awesome uh, to kind of team up with him with other heroes and see what they can do. Um, but, so Sigma's awesome. However, the thing I really wanted to talk about is roll queue. Uh, yeah. Now I don't know when this is going to be implemented into the full game, but they're completely changing competitive. Now, roll queue is going to exist in other forms and quick play and, and other things like that. But for competitive play, it's going to be very interesting because 40 seconds before the match even begins, you're going to choose a role. There's three roles: there's tank, damage, and support. And when you choose this role, that means that that pool of characters is all you can choose from. You can switch between them on the fly, but this doesn't allow your team to essentially use GOATS anymore. This forces GOATS away. Uh, now, if you don't know what GOATS is, if you're not uh, savvy to the whole Overwatch uh, lexicon, um, GOATS stands for Greatest full Time. sure as everyone understands. And it's three tanks, three support they've given a lot of power to tanks and support, especially if there's a Moira who does a shit ton of damage from a distance Um, GOATS was a fucking tour de force in the Overwatch League, and people started using it in competitive play on the console this completely went against the the core idea behind Overwatch, which was a 2-2-2 system and uh, allowing a team to counter the other team A lot of people complain that this takes away a level of freedom. I don't agree necessarily. It's just a new mechanic that you have to deal with and and figure out behind. If somebody is playing support and they're not doing, like, they're playing a Lucio and there's a Moira and a fucking Winston on the team, they're going to fucking destroy that, that Lucio. So he needs to switch off of the Lucio and pick a different character that maybe can handle those two characters a little bit better. Um it's still going to be a counter-based system because the people who pick damage have a huge pool of characters to choose from. Uh, like, Tank is, is if we include Sigma, is eight characters and support is seven characters. Every other character in the game is in damage. So, there's there's a lot of play in there, but here's the, here's the thing that gets me the most, the thing that's cool about competitive play. Each, each thing, each individual role, has its own SR. So, 'll take right now it's 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 10 games in competitive in order to rank total for the next competitive cycle as far as I know it'll be uh, each each thing will take five games to get your SR um, that way like you know you can essentially see what you're better at I imagine my SR and support will be much higher than my support than my damage or tank role will be um, as as I'm terrible at aiming, <laughs> I imagine my my damage will be awful. I'll be very low ranked on that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me just because it does take away a level of freedom that Overwatch always had. But what excites me is that when I'm playing competitive, especially in gold rank, which lower tier um i don't know why i get ranked in gold it's like the game's telling me i suck but i know i don't suck because i get gold all the time and medals anyway i'm not mad about it uh not salty you're salty (laughs) (laughs) but um uh the thing is is that where was my thought process oh i'm now not gonna have to deal with you know like me and me and my two friends play and we're trying to fill in the gaps that the other players do, and all of a sudden we have a fucking Hanzo, a Widowmaker, and a Mei. While we're trying to play tank and, and and like, like we can't do two tanks and one uh, support, so we try to do one tank and two support, with just the three of us. And it's a fucking headache. So, this will eliminate that. We'll always have two tank, we'll always have two support. And that is much, much, much more needed than anything else. So for me... This is a godsend. This is a holy shit. Fucking matches are gonna be better, but um, or at least less annoying. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't know. There's nothing more else to say to that. I think it's rad. Um, and and uh, I don't know when it comes out. Like I've heard September. I hope it's earlier than that. But uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for the Overwatch man. There's nothing really else that came out. They're forcing the two-two-two, uh, roll lock on Overwatch League. In stage 4. So I guess we'll get to see that before we get it, I think. No, it's already in the PTR. My bad. Q is already in the PTR. So you'll probably watch a streamer play it. So there's that. But
1: that's it. All right. That has been your Overwatch Minute with Greg Deets. Um. All right, guys. So um, first thing before we end the podcast, I love the fact that when he was announced, the first like several comments I saw on Reddit, was all reference to Mega Man. <laughs> it's just like, huh. I wonder it they
0: was, do- <laughs> Anthony, it was it was, uh oh, he looks like like Sigma for Mega Man X. And then it was I don't like his feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shut the fuck
2: up. <laughs> fuck his feet.
1: Don't li- not 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 literally, but yeah. I mean if
2: that's what you're into, I don't kink shame.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank, thank you guys for watching and listening to us um, before we end the podcast per usual um, we're going to go in reverse order here because I shouldn't take that back no I have a reason for that um, Greg where can I find you on the internet
0: you can find me anywhere uh, social media wise under Chub Rock Geek um, that's called branding folks
1: branding
0: <laughs> um, literally like Twitch, Twitch Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook YouTube Chubrockie, honestly, it's I'm I'm every I'm on TikTok is even Eek. so if that's a thing that interests you. I don't have any videos there, just FYI,
1: because <laughs> i
0: you'll not... follow a profile with nothing. <laughs> I here's the thing: I will if there's a new popular thing, I will go there and make an account with my name on it every time, just in case.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so that's that. Yeah, just Eek. I also do a podcast with my buddy uh, uh, Josh uh, Fisher almost wrote his last name there for a second. Um, His user handle is sobner 76 uh, But what him and I do is we watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform. uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube Premium. I got to throw Hulu out the fucking window because we haven't watched anything on Hulu yet. (laughs) Um, They they haven't come out with anything that we want to watch. So uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, We just recorded an episode today... Uh, it'll be up on Friday, but we watched um, The Rain season two and a comedy on uh, from Norway called uh, Norsemen season one and two. Um, it's an interesting conversation because I didn't really like both. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, we're. Uh, uh, and then on the off weeks, we do a show called Uninhibited where we just shoot the shit. We just, anything that's on our minds, we just talk about new movie trailers, a stupid game. Uh, when I say stupid game, I mean a stupid game that we made to play with each other. Um, but we just talk We just talk about things. So that's fun. We're always looking for guests on that one too. So if there's ever, if you're ever available on a Wednesday morning, let us know.
1: All right. And then our, oh, sorry, that's all cute
0: up.com all cute up.com for all of that. We have also social medias, but all cute up.com has all the social
1: medias. All right. So, on his last podcast episode of Mission, unless Star I get podcast, called in as a ringer. Forever. He's going away forever, Anthony. Unless, unless
2: been- I get called in as a ringer because you have something that I'm like, no, no, you fucking need me.
1: <laughs> he's never coming back. Alex,
2: where can no, they find you live?
1: Where can they find you on the internet?
2: Well, you can't find me at the beaches in Texas, because apparently, uh there's unsafe levels of fecal matter at 85% of them, oh, so wow. you can't find me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you can find me on Twitch um, B-I-G-I-E-U, Big U, or Biggie, uh, because people are lazy and don't know how to say it, so uh, it's Big Bijou though. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the same handle. You can find me on Instagram is Capture underscore Photography. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook uh, by that same name, but I don't really post on Facebook that often under that name anymore. It's mostly on Instagram. Um, yeah. Other than that, fuck y'all. i am eat food.
1: All right. You heard the man. It's time to end podcast and get some food. Trying to get some food too. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. Until then. Oh wait, I forgot. You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right my stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at The effective naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com This podcast will be divided into five different video segments uploaded to our YouTube channel leading up into next week's live episode of Mission Star Podcast. We also upload the full podcast on Mondays. Well, it's not like it's Sunday nights, but like Mondays, um for the full podcast you can listen to it on Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify iTunes, what have you it is all over the place, you can find us everywhere uh, and if you can't wait you can just watch the VOD here on our Twitch channel uh, so again, thank you guys for watching thank you for listening and now, we'll see you guys next time fuck y'all